The Copywriter Club podcast is sponsored by AirStory, the writing platform for professional writers who want to get more done in half the time. Learn more at airstory.co forward slash club. What if you could hang out with seriously talented copywriters and other experts, ask them about their successes and failures, their work processes and their habits, then steal an idea or two to inspire your own work? That's what Rob and I do every week at the Copywriter Club podcast. You're invited to join the club for episode 56 as we chat with branding expert and designer Sarah and Calmo Ashman about working with entrepreneurs and creatives to create jaw-dropping brands, developing a brand strategy, how copywriters should approach their own brand development, and whether having a nice logo is enough. Welcome, Sarah. Hey, Sarah. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being here. You know, I have such a big, big crush on you because you've worked with me on my website and my brand, and that's been one of the best investments I've made in my business. So I'm glad that we can finally have you on the show so you can share your knowledge and expertise with everyone at large. I think a great place to start, though, is with your story. How did you end up running your creative studio? As always, a meandering path, right? My background is actually in, you know, big brand advertising and, you know, design studios in New York. And I worked doing that for about 10 years and realized that the projects that resonated with me actually the most were the ones that involved an individual clients that were sort of an individual that we were centering a brand around. I found that there were a lot of opportunities to bring out stories and, you know, just really focus on their personality and what differentiates them as an individual. And so what I ended up doing was starting to kind of put my feelers out to start to work with individuals, primarily entrepreneurs who were either starting their business or wanting to up level and applying some of those same techniques that I used to develop brands for the Fortune 5 and 500 for these, you know, sort of private clients. And that ended up being viable enough for me to be able to kind of jump ship from the corporate space, if you will, and, you know, start to do that on my own. So in 2012, I, you know, officially birthed, if you will, a public persona. Sarah, your background includes some fashion work as well. And it seems to me like that might be reflected in a lot of the things that you do. How has that impacted how you look at brands as opposed to, you know, what a lot of other branding experts are out there doing? From my perspective, it seems like you have just a very distinctive visual approach to what you do. Is that correct? Yeah, it's funny. I think a lot of that comes from concepting and directing these large scale photo shoots for commercial productions. And like you said, for a lot of fashion brands. And so, you know, I really love to see that transformation of this, you know, quote unquote, ordinary person, which in some cases was a celebrity or, you know, a model, and see them really transform into this sort of larger than life character on the screen. And I think that's exactly what, you know, I sort of brought with me to the table, so to speak, with my clients is just really being able to create that level 10 of an individual that's still authentic to someone, but, you know, sort of heightened visually. Yeah. And Sarah, who were some of the early, uh, the celebrities that you worked with early on in your career? I believe Madonna was one of them, right? 
<laughs> yeah, I did. I worked on a campaign for Madonna pretty early on, which was exciting to say the least. You know, a lot of musicians, a radio head and so forth, Jimmy Fallon. Those are some of the early folks that I started working with. And that's where I really started to fall in love with working with people, with individuals. So Sarah discovered Madonna. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a big deal. It seems like what we could take even just from paying attention to the celebrities and how they brand and they're constantly reinventing themselves that as business owners, especially if we're the face of our brand, that we should constantly evolve and continue to rebrand. Like, I don't know if there's every three years, every 10 years, but I'd love to hear more about that as far as what should we do as business owners to continue to evolve so that we're not stagnant. Our business doesn't plateau. Right. Well, I think, you know, just like you're evolving as a human being, your business is evolving as well. And because your brand is an extension of you, that's something that, that you constantly have to think about is, does this reflect the best version of me? Does this feel aligned with me and sort of where I'm going right now? And I think that's why, you know, what you see in using Madonna as an example, how she reinvented herself a million times. That's what really creates that relevancy, for lack of a better term, as the market continues to grow. So, you know, it really is important to reinvent. And that could be, you could be a, a fast iterator, so to speak. And that could be every year, that could be every three years, that could be every five years, but always just sort of keeping in check, is my brand and business aligned with me? Because again, you are the face of your brand. So Sarah, can we take a step back? You talked about your early experience in working with these big brands, but even before that, how did you decide that branding was the thing that you wanted to do and that you wanted to approach it from the design side? Well, it's funny. My sort of entree was really just graphic design, you know, visual communication. And brand building was something that just kind of happens along the way. You know, that was never something that they taught in school. That was never something that they necessarily, you know, called out as being sort of a specialty at the time in the advertising industry, believe it or not. That was just something that everyone sort of did on the side. And what I realized was that I loved being able to take the essence of, you know, a client and to help to sort of shape that experience around them. And I had a fellow coworker and mentor at the time who, you know, said, you know, that is really the heart of branding and, you know, really sort of, you know, showed me that that was a specialty of mine without realizing it at the time. I want to hear about your early days when you really made that transition from corporate to launching your own business and what that looked like for you, especially as far as really gaining traction, getting those first few clients, kind of getting set up and running so that you felt like you could make that jump. Because I feel like that's where a lot of us get stuck and overwhelmed. Yeah, I will say that was a while ago. So the market wasn't as crowded. However, what I did was I found my way into B school, which is, you know, a lot of people's story. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I took B school just because I wanted to have a little understanding of kind of what I was jumping into. You know, I wasn't someone who was trained as a business owner. So I thought, well, I can't afford to go to, you know, full on business school. So let me see what I can pick up in a course. And so Within the context of B-School, started becoming active in the private Facebook group 
started, you know, talking to people, started interacting a lot personally. And what I realized in doing that on my own, as well as just watching other people who were sort of, you know, rising to success very quickly, it was really all about making connections. It was really all about creating that, that trust and that human connection. And that's exactly how I found my first few clients that enabled me to jump ship. And, you know, to this day, I remain very active in a lot of, you know, Facebook groups because that ultimately is the best business tool I feel to date is just the human touch. I love that advice. The power of connections. That's something that we've talked about with several guests, but it's something that Kira and I have both experienced and done. It's really is the best way to connect with customers. It absolutely is. And you know, it's funny too, and I tell my clients this all the time that are, you know, sort of newer to the space, but that connection, once that's established with a few people, the power of word of mouth as well, you know, that's what made my entire entrepreneurial career. Just those two things alone. And it all starts with you. And it seems like if you couple that with a really powerful brand, then it's like you're you're networking on steroids. So I'd really like to get into just the idea of branding. What is it and why is it so important? You know, branding is the entire experience of your brand. It's it's who you are. It's what you do. It's how you do it. All sort of captured and communicated through your visuals, through your words, and through every interaction. And it's extremely important, I think, to understand what that is because I feel like a lot of people quite frankly, don't really understand what it is. Um, They, you know, it's kind of like a unicorn. We're told that it's this magical thing that we need, but few of us know what it is. So why is it so important to have a, a strong brand? Because that is, you know, sort of what people interact with first. You know, let's say it's your website that people stumble upon first. If you have a solid brand, if you have a very clear brand that you've thought through and you've worked through, that creates that instant connection on your behalf. That's kind of what creates that visceral reaction that someone can identify with or not identify with, but it helps them sort of make a decision whether they want to stick around or if you're not for them. And so it creates this presence that you can't otherwise create unless you sort of go through this process of branding. Can you share some of the elements of branding that are maybe are obvious and some that maybe are not so obvious for people who just really haven't given it as much thought? Like it's more than the logo, like we said in the introduction. Absolutely. I mean, I always break a brand down to several things. And number one is a strategy you know, how do you want to position yourself in the market? How can you, you know, differentiate yourself from others in your space? That's kind of the core of a brand is really sort of that deep dive to figure out who am I and and what makes me unique. And once you have that, you know, it really is about what's your story? How can you leverage that? What's your unique voice? How can you sort of take your own innate sense of style, how you dress, how you what you tend to like in terms of visuals and how can you convey that through your own presence, through your design, through your photography. And the last bit, you know, is just sort of how can you bring it all together? How can you sort of synthesize those pieces so that they are consistent? 
the logo, all of the things that people think of that are, you know, inherently a part of a brand are the things that actually come in that synthesis part, the cherry on top, if you will. All of the heavy lifting, the thinking, the figuring out ultimately, like, you know, how can you stand out from others in your space? That's really sort of the core heavy lifting of, of the process of branding. I'd love to hear some specific examples if you are, if you don't mind sharing any of just like uh, maybe they're copywriters or not copywriters. Do you mind sharing? No, absolutely not. There's a men's clothing label that I've done quite a bit of work for called Bluffworks. And, you know, when they first came to me, they actually had had a big branding agency do their branding. And, you know, it was very impressive. It was, I call it the sad model in the desert, uh, the, the photography. <laughs> but it was very slick, very well produced. And the problem was that they just weren't getting as much traction as they thought that they could. And so what we did was we really dug in to figure out, you know, obviously, like I just said, what, what, can, what can we use? What can we leverage to help a Bluffworks stand out? from their competitors. And so what we realized was, of course, the founder, Stefan Lobel, you know, that he himself had, had an interesting story, that he himself was trying to make it at a desk job in New York as like an accountant. And he wasn't able to spend as much time as he wanted to with his family. And so he, once upon a daydream, created this, you know, clothing label in his mind that was for, you know, men who wanted to have really practical, sharp looking clothes that would travel well, that they would, that they wouldn't wrinkle, you know, no matter what tests they were sort of put through. And so what we realized was that it was really him that was the key differentiator of his brand. It was his quirky personality. It was his story. It was, you know, the fact that he loved to travel around the globe wearing his clothes, by the way, with his fun family. And so what we did was we shifted the focus from generic sad models in the desert to him. And we actually decided to make him the face of his brand to sort of take him out of the background and put him in the foreground. And, you know, if you visit his site, bluffworks.com, you'll see that he's actually the male model. He's the guy that's doing that. He's the guy that in the newsletters that actually Lacey Boggs, who's a part of your community now helps to write as well on his behalf, but they're all centered around his travels. They're all centered around who he is. And the difference that that made was tremendous. In fact, it doubled his revenue in a period of one year. That's cool. Nothing at all changed about his products. It was just the fact that we really sort of dug in, figured out what made him different from all these other clothing label giants and, you know, helped him to stand out. I love that example. You know, I used to work in sort of a design space as well. And working with small companies, they would always come and say, hey, I want a logo like Nike's, right? Or I want a brand like Nike's. And... Aside from the fact that, you know, billions of dollars went into the development of that brand, I love that you're connecting a brand with the personalities behind it. It's something that I think you did really well with Kira's website. You know, she shows up just with tons of energy and that only works for Kira. You know, if I tried to steal that brand, you know, with my own sort of lower energy or, or different style, it wouldn't work. And I, I just, I think that's a critically important part of the branding process. Yeah. You know, 
Rob, you bring up a really good point, but you know, there there are a lot of people who think that they can sort of riff off of someone else's vibe. But what's incredible is that every single person that has ever come to me or has been through any program that I've offered, they always find something really unique to them. So even if somebody's listening to this and thinking, oh my gosh, there's nothing like interesting or particularly stand out about me, I guarantee you there is at least one thing, if not two dozen things that you can leverage. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a really good point because that's what we hear a lot within the copywriter community is just, okay, well, I'm not, I'm not Ash Amberger. I'm not, you know, and they name a couple of people with kind of more bold brands that may be more in your face and are awesome for those people. So how can they figure out what what makes them unique? Is that something they can do on their own? Or is that something that you really need to seek out some type of consultant, someone like you as a creative to help us figure that out? Everyone can do it to some degree on their own. It might be a little bit difficult just simply for the fact that we're all too close to ourselves to be able to view ourselves objectively. But, you know, oftentimes I've had folks in programs of mine where I've had them, you know, ask their clients to sort of reflect back, you know what, what makes me different? You know, is it my approach? Is it my personality? You know, what do you find compelling about me? Uh, Past clients, people that know you well, friends. And the more people that you can ask, what's interesting is that you'll start to find patterns. I've done that exercise myself because I can't see myself objectively. And it's interesting to see, you know, how many people come back with similar terms. So you can absolutely use other people as your mirror, or you can use someone, you know, like me or another branding specialist who's really quick at spotting things to be able to pull it out of you. But definitely would encourage, you know, anyone to give that a world themselves as well. Okay. So let's say that I wanted to go through that process for myself. I've been looking at Kira's website for a couple of years and thinking I don't stack up. Aside from, you know, the what makes me different, what are the other things that I need to be thinking through before I engage with a designer or a brand strategist so that I make sure that this is going to be a really successful process? Yeah, that is a great question. I think you need to have a really clear idea of what you do, how to define it, how to explain that. You know, I'm always surprised at how many people conceptually know what they do and what they offer, but they can't really articulate it. So, you know, you need to be able to have that down. It would help if you have your story. It doesn't have to be beautifully written, but can you call out some key points of that? These are all going to be really great for you to get your head around, number one. But number two, they're going to be great to hand off to a designer or, or if you're working even with another copywriter to help you. Those are great things to hand to them because it's, it's great inspiration for them to be able to pull from. If you can, start to look at what's out there. Start to think about, you know, visually, what are you drawn to as a person, I'm going to say something that you're probably not going to hear many people say, but it, at that juncture, it doesn't matter what you think you, your customers want your brand to look like. What do you want it to look like? What do you want it to feel like? And the clearer that you can get on that, go on Pinterest, just look around, get inspired by things, gather them up. The more that you can get clear on that and the more that you have as a conversation starter with a designer, for instance you know, the more they're going to be able to help you create a brand that truly communicates who you are. 
Yeah, it was. it's interesting. I was just speaking with a copywriter yesterday about her brand, and that's exactly what came up first was just, I kind of want to do this and be a little bit more playful, but I don't think my current clients will like it because they're more serious and that's not really their style. But what you're saying is really just put that to the side. Don't worry about that right mm-hmm. now. Put you first, front and center, and figure that piece out first. I mean, is it better just to not consider our clients at all when you're thinking about the branding process or do you just have to think about them later or is it just fully focused on you? It's thinking about them later. I think, you know, first and foremost, your brand needs to feel like you. I can't tell you how many people have come to me in the past. They've invested tens of thousands of dollars in a brand that they felt didn't fit them ever. And it's because they shaped it around, first and foremost, around their customers. And that is the way that the, the, the formal branding industry works. But that's because those bigger companies are able to shape shift their own identity around what their customers want and need. That doesn't apply. The rules are backwards when you are the face of your brand. It needs to fit you. It needs to be an extension of you, first and foremost. That alone is automatically going to attract some of the right people to you, number one. But number two, that's something that's never going to shift or change who you are and what you aspire to be and look like and sound like and feel like in your business. So that really should be number one. So Sarah, are there formulas that we should be looking at, you know, as we think about our brands, formulas to follow? Or would you just say, it should always be based on the individual, you know, the, the formulaic stuff, throw that away, forget it, make sure that it's, you know, a hundred percent you. Yeah. I would say ditch the formulas. The formulas tend to confuse. I think (laughs) for everyone I've noticed, you know, my approach tends to be, again, I'm sort of looking for the strategy, how to position them. What's their story is, are there pieces we can leverage? What's their style? How can we sort of call that out? And how can we make sure that the three align? That's about as formulaic as I get. But, you know, what I'm just looking for is like, you know, what is the essence of the person? What are you all about? And so I think when you're able to really hone in on these aspects of who you are and you're able to see it with that level of objective perspective that can really shift things for you. So a lot of the process really is about being able to see yourself so that you can be yourself. I'd like to hear more about what this actually looks like in your business when you're working with a client to figure out the strategy, pull out these insights. What does that look like on your end as far as are these phone calls? I mean, I, I kind of already know. Well, I do already know because we work through it. But, <laughs> but I'd love for other people to get a glimpse at your process, whatever you're willing to share. Sure. You know, my signature process, I call it Privé. I also call it Mirror Brands. But what I typically do is I start with having folks really take a clear assessment of who they are, where they are, where they want to be. And I don't know if you remember this, Kira, but a really in-depth workbook of sorts where you're able to sort of pre-sort through your brand. And the reason this is important is number one, to get me on the same page as you, but also for you to sort of pre-think through the various pieces of your brand on your own. And that's very, very important because no one can brand you for you. 
you have to be an active participant in this process. So the rest of my process really involves, again, sort of nailing down the strategy, the story, the style, and we break that up into collaborative video or phone-based working sessions where we're able to discuss and sort of tease out all of these individual pieces very clearly so that we can arrive at a brand that truly feels like you. It's not me disappearing and coming up with something on my own and presenting it to you. We're coming up with it together. And so that way you can effectively own it and, and, you know, move on and be able to really keep things consistent moving forward, which is extremely important. And usually I house everything in what I call a brand dossier, which is all of our findings, you know, really captured in a succinct document. And why that's important is that's what you use to bring your brand to life. You know, a lot of the issue that people have with designers, or I'm sure many of you can attest to the fact that you've had clients come to you and they seem to know what they want when they get started. And then throughout the process, they seem, you know, like they change their mind a million times. You know, that document helps to keep them clear and it helps to serve as a cheat sheet for copywriters like you, for designers, so that they can bring the brand to life in a really clear way. Yeah. And I wonder if we, as copywriters, we should incorporate some branding in our processes. I mean, depending on what type of copy you write, it may be more or less relevant, especially I'm thinking for websites copy, which is more around storytelling. Do you as a brand strategist view copywriters as someone who should really learn this? Because we do have clients that come to us and they have not worked with you and they have no idea what their brand stands for, yet we're supposed to create a campaign for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Anything that you can do to get them clear on their direction beforehand is going to be extremely valuable for them, number one, but it's also going to make your job that much easier. So absolutely. Anything that you can add to that. Any strategy up front that you can add is definitely going to be a win-win situation. Sarah, I want to ask about copywriter brands specifically. The other day I saw a copywriter on Facebook share several potential logos that they wanted to you know, incorporate in their own brand and it was the typical quill pen or you know, typewriter <laughs> oh. letters. Like it's the stuff that we see over and over and over and over and over. And, and over. <laughs> you know, obviously you've talked about, you know, working to connect your brand to your personality, but for copywriters who don't have several thousand dollars at this point to go through process with a designer, are there specific things that they can do to sort of avoid those overdone mistakes and make sure that they're doing something original? Or is it the kind of thing where it's like, we just need to save up our money and work with somebody who can help? (laughs) (laughs) That's a great question. I mean, I think there's two routes to go. I think one is the, you know, save it up and do it right. But in the interim, I do think there's something to be said for the fact that simple typography you know, actually feels higher end or more interesting than you might think. And that's certainly, you know, an inexpensive way to go. Right there. So, but you're not talking about brush script or Comic Sans. No. Know. Dear God, please no. <laughs> 
How about a clean sans serif font that you can use? I mean, look at fashion brands, for instance. We were talking about them earlier. Look at their logos. You know, research that. Do a Google search. Most of them are just a really clean font. And the clean font usually represents their personality a little bit. You know, so is it is it very geometric? Is it kind of friendly? Does it look really high end and is it really condensed? You don't even have to get that complex, but just Google any fashion brand that you like. And in the interim, you can always sort of default to just a typeface. That is way better than, you know, having someone on Fiverr whip up a a trite logo for you, to be completely honest. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I yes. mean, you end up looking like everybody else. And in a lot of cases, I think you end up looking cheap. And cheap. Yeah. none of us want to look yes. cheap to our clients. No, no, absolutely not. So when all else fails, clean fonts win. <laughs> yeah, and I was also going to add that we should link to your Pinterest board and page because you have so many examples of typography and concepts and fashion and colors that will give people ideas. If they have no idea where to start, they could at least check out what you've pinned on there. So we can link to that. Absolutely. Sarah, I also want to ask you, like speaking again to the copywriter space, have you noticed any trends? I know you've worked with a lot of copywriters over the last few years. Have you noticed any trends or like Anything that you're, you can share with us that's just good to know as far as what our competition is doing or like what's happening in this space? How is it evolving? How are people showing up that are really doing it successfully? <laughs> well, I think you're on the edge of that trend. There's a lot of people who are as well, sort of leaders in that. And I think it really is the sort of stepping out from behind your words and, you know, really sort of showing your personality, whatever that may be. It could be quiet. It could be really sort of contemplative. It could be really bold. Any which way, what I'm seeing is a lot of people who are sort of stepping out of the shadows. And even seeing a lot of people who are starting to publicly voice their own opinion. Maybe they have a Medium account and they're starting to sort of, you know, write their own op-ed. That's dimensionalizing copywriters in a way that we haven't seen before. I think copywriters traditionally are kind of like designers often where you sort of tend to hide behind your work and the clients that you've worked for in the past and a few testimonials. But in this case, it's creating your own voice and identity and leading with that and not being afraid to do that. And I think that's what's really making people, new clients, flock <laughs> to you and the right ones, mind you. The ones that know that, you know, just given your voice and your personality that you're being very out there with, that's exactly the type of, you know, work that they want to receive on the other side. So that's something that I know is easier said than done, but that's definitely the way that things are going. We've covered a lot of ground in talking about branding. We've talked about strategy and positioning yourself and, you know, identifying your unique voice or style, connecting to the personality behind the brand. Is there something else that we should be asking about that we don't even know to ask here? You know, something else that we ought to be thinking about or doing, or have we pretty much covered it? Well, I think you've covered a lot of it. For copywriters specifically, I will add, you guys are obviously really creative, conceptual folks who are massively talented with words. 
I think that the only thing that's often missing is the visual. How do you pair a visual with your words? And I really do think that the two create an awesome marriage. So there should be more emphasis. And and Kira, that's a great suggestion. Like check out my Pinterest page. But, you know, the more that you can start to sort of verse yourself in the visual realm, the more sort of fully dimensionalized you will be and the more fully dimensionalized you can help your clients to be as well. I, I want to speak to taking, like you're saying, adding more dimensions, taking your brand in real life, right? <laughs> Off the computer. Yes. Let's say you're showing up at a conference, a networking event, maybe you're speaking on stage, whatever it is, what can we do to really embody the brand so that it's more than just pixels on the page? It's it's who we are as a person, how we show up in life and at events. All of that really comes down to starting with the branding process because the more that your online brand represents the real life person that you are, the easier it will be to take that show on the road, so to speak. The easier it will be for you to just show up on stage and making sure that whatever you do. So for example, to use you as an example, Kira, when we did your photo shoots, we had you as the punk character and we had you in Doc Martens and, you know, you wove those into your brand and you still wear them to this day. That's exactly how you show up. So even if these are new elements that you uncover through discovering your brand, just make sure that you have those elements with you, that you make them a part of you when you do show up in real life, when you do show up on Facebook Lives or a stage or a networking event or whatever it may be. Yeah, no, I mean, just working with you changed my entire wardrobe and even my hair color, right? <laughs> Soon after we worked together, I went platinum because it just felt like it was part of the brand and like the direction I should go for a little while to test it out um, and has made everything from showing up at a speaking event in a bridezilla costume because it's part of my brand <laughs> like it just makes all those des- decisions so much easier and what I should be posting on Instagram how everything should look um, it's all so easy now that I have the core pieces in place and it all feels it, it's just kind of given me direction even in my personal life, how I show up in my family and with friends too. But I, I want to make sure I ask you before we start to wrap about the copywriters who are really interested in branding and really talented. They're definitely feeling a pull to move into branding. Maybe they're testing it out, thinking about creating a package, some typing of consulting where's a good place for them to start? Because it is daunting. And I know, you know, I've thought about it in the past too, but I'm like, it feels almost like I'm faking it because I'm not a branding consultant. So where can these copywriters start? What type of training would you recommend? Or is it just really testing and experimenting? Well, I am in the process of creating a program for these folks through my process, how how to sort of integrate this into their own business. But what I would say is that start with yourself. I, I know that sounds extremely scary, but but that's actually how I started doing this work as well on my own. I actually sort of started to think, how can I position myself? How can I create a unique voice for myself? Starting with that, that's going to give you some insight that's going to be extremely invaluable as you move on to working with other people. And for a lot of folks that I've 
sort of mentored along the way, I think just volunteering that service to a few clients, it might be for free for, you know, two or three different clients. But the more experience that you have doing it, the more confident you will be in sort of integrating that into your business. You know, for the nuts and bolts, there's a million different great books out there that you can sort of dive into. Just always considering that not all kinds of branding are going to apply to small personality-led businesses, if that is your audience. But, you know, the more practice you can do, just get in there, just get your hands dirty, you know, with yourself, with your friends, with your coworkers, or, you know, with your counterparts. And it's really just practice makes perfect. I was going to rap, but then you mentioned books and my ears I knew it. I knew Rob was going to jump on that. Yeah. What what books would you recommend around branding? I'm sure I'm not the only copywriter that wants the books, but you know, are there two or three that you would recommend as the textbooks that we really ought to be looking into? Well, you know, there's one that recently came out and admittedly, I'm not done with it, but it is pretty solid and it gives you a good foundation. And that's by Donald Miller. It's Uh called Building a Story Brand. That's a pretty good one so far. Other one actually that I really enjoyed and I refer to a lot is called The Brand Gap and it's by Marty Neumeyer. And so I would probably start with those two because, you know, that's sort of giving you the old view the traditional view, the tried and true, and something that's a little bit newer and easier to wrap your head around. Awesome. I'm ordering that. Okay. (laughs) So, um, you know, just to wrap this, what does your business look like today as far as what are you working on? You mentioned that you were launching something. Can you just share a little bit more about what's happening now, what's coming up for people who want to jump on board? Sure. Well, I've been spending the past, gosh, year and a half really sort of breaking down my own branding process that I've been doing with clients for the past five, six years. And I call that process mirror brand. And it really is is designed for personality-led brands. And I'm about to launch another round of that. It's a small group, very intimate, but you can find out more about that if you're interested on my site, if you look up signature program in the top navigation. And I'm actually as I said, turning that process into a training process to be able to help designers, copywriters, and creatives alike to really be able to offer, you know, branding as a, you know, sort of a value add service to their existing business to really help people to develop their brand from soup to nuts. This has been awesome, Sarah. If people want to find out more about that program or connect with you, what's your website? Where should they go? Public persona, so p u b l i c dash p e r s o n a dot com. Very cool. Thank you, Sarah. This has been awesome. So good. Thank Thank you. you. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to the Copywriter Club podcast with Kira Hug and Rob Marsh. Music for the show is a clip from Gravity by Whitest Boy Alive, available in iTunes. If you like what you've heard, you can help us spread the word by subscribing in iTunes and by leaving a review. For show notes, a full transcript, and links to our free Facebook community, visit thecopywriterclub.com. We'll see you next episode.